everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to this episode of Box Office Tangents. I'm one of your hosts, the man to the left, that Cinemaster, also known as the Rental King. I'm Ron Amos. Nice to see you. Welcome back. Take your shoes off. Welcome, neighbor. Welcome, friend. Welcome, colleague. I don't know where I'm going with this. That's what we call it. Box Office Tangents, and I can't have Box Office Tangents without the Master Tangent Man himself, Mr. Adam Peterson. What's up, Adam? Welcome in. I think that was uh, the only one you didn't cover, so I, I shouted <laughs> in German. Yeah, do that again. Welcome in. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, man, another just smooth and seamless transition Absolutely. into another episode of this new thing we're doing. I you love jazz. I love I, I like it, I feel like I feel like I'm getting ready to do an episode of the delicious dish. <laughs> Today on the show, we have Pete Schweddy. Schweddy balls. You know what it also reminds me of is the uh, the public radio host uh, <laughs> from you know what I'm saying of the Parks and Rec. Yes. <laughs> oh, He's fantastic. It's like uh, Dang it, Dan Castellaneta plays him. Uh, yeah, yeah, Homer Simpson himself. <laughs> it's like Derby something or other. Derby, uh, Derby. I don't know, I don't know, but what's he's funny is, is he's always subbing in for the original host of yes. whatever it is. Who's <laughs> off doing something else, who's <laughs> subbing in for someone else. Yes, he's just always subbing in. It's like this domino effect of shows where no original <laughs> host is actually there. Oh, that's good comedy. That's just what it is. Uh, yeah, so that for if this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast where um, we just kind of go week to week and bring in like a little topic that either one of us would like to talk about because, um, you know, when, you, when we were deep in the bowels of the marshmallow packing factory and we did have desks near each other, we would oftentimes... Uh, go to one another's desks and just kind of hover and talk about, you know, movies and stuff. And that's what this podcast is sort of going to become, I think. Just just a record keeping um, of our, you know, like week to week thoughts and ideas on um, mostly movies. But I mean, it doesn't always have to be about movies. I think as long as it's movie adjacent, it's acceptable. You know, like if it's like a- our audio diary. Yeah, dear diary, exactly. Which exactly. I always hated that word because it sounds so close to diarrhea. But <laughs> dear diarrhea, please yeah. stop violently spewing that's from what, my butt. That's what always made me think of was like, dear diary. Oh, now I gotta poop. Daria, Daria always makes me think of diarrhea. <laughs> Thanks to that wonderful chant of diarrhea, cha cha cha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a great, what a great way to take uh, a character that has to just sort of uh, uh, tolerate the day-to-day mindless dribblings of Beavis or Butthead, <laughs> and then she gets her own uh, spinoff mo- show on MTV Absolutely, as, as a reward. <clears throat> for she for never got her own Patty. movie, though. She deserves a movie. She does deserve a movie. What's up with that, Mike Judge? I assume he's a producer, writer creator of that show it would have to be yeah, i would imagine yeah one, one would one would imagine one would imagine um but yeah so you you uh you come up with the topic 
I come up with a topic. We're just we're just making pretend that you know we we are just seeing each other at the office, and uh, these yeah. are the things that have been on our mind this week. And uh, I'd love to do this as a week to week to week to week thing, and then have our other podcast for when we feel like just talking about a single movie, or you know, that, that can still be a thing. Ah, so this this kind of feels like an the evolution of what we used to be way back in the day. And I, that's the way I continue to think about it. This is the next phase of whatever it was we were doing then. Then we were still doing a lot of preparing. This is just like freewheeling it, man. Back in the day, which was a Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> that was the longest, most pregnant pause ever for that. I wanted to wait a second. <laughs> I wanted to really let it... Let it simmer. <laughs> you you let the audience sit in that with me, didn't you? Oh yeah. Just, Vermontonians ugh. really like a good moment. <laughs> to you're from Delaware, aren't you? Secretly, that's why you're doing this. No, but uh, you you tell thing. me your topic, and I will give myself a you know maybe a second uh, or two to kind of absorb whatever it is that you want to talk about. And then, you know, you can sort of go into what it is that you made you decide to want to talk about this thing. So <clears throat> what I because um, I was I was trying to think, OK, because this we're, we're we're in a whole new atmosphere here. You know, it's we're, we're pulling from the past, but we're blazing a new trail at the same time. So we're, I was like, all right, what what are we, what's what's fresh? What's what's on what's on the top of my mind? And clearly uh, the. Uh, one of the the big things that's just happened, especially in the world of movies, is we've just gotten <clears throat> the most recent uh, but final chapter in the Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Fantastic movie, highly recommend it. Go see it, see it multiple okay, times. Okay, I don't, I don't need this, but I want to hear it anyway. Okay. Um. So, <laughs> but uh, but it wasn't no uh, it wasn't no no like, I wasn't I wasn't waiting for you to go back into your thing. <laughs> Live production. Damn it. <laughs> I should be fired. I am no better than that. No, Mitch, Mitch. no, I blame Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> Just need a th second to think about uh, Guardians 3. Collect my thoughts. No, babe, no. <laughs> oh, Holy so crap, good. that like never gets old. Oh man! But before but there, before we get into something, can I can I do like a very yes. like radio host kind of thing and oh, just yeah. talk about something that just very recently happened and it's a tangent qualifies? I think it was I saw it on a TV, which you can watch movies on, so that's the connective tissue. Yeah, you can watch. But movies anyway, on TV. we're not going to talk politics, and we're not going to talk who. It was four, but I saw it's it's you know it's campaign ad season, right? You're seeing all the uh, oh, unfortunately, camp yes. <laughs> and some of them are quite entertaining. There's this one out now where uh, I don't I don't even really care his position or where he stands. All of them just simply is saying what he said and and painting a picture to you of what i saw and you can draw your own conclusions <laughs> of what the hell it means <laughs> but so he's a uh, i think he's running opposed people who want to put a tax on uh cow farts <laughs> well, you know that's a 
Right. So there's this like real nice older farmer looking guy and he's kind of doing his spew. And as he's saying his thing of whatever it is he's doing, I'm distracted by uh, this video clip of a cow standing and then a second cow just like going up to that first cow's butt and just draws in a breath. And like they play this very cartoonish fart sound. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't enough to make me just die laughing. The the smelling cow kind of lets out this satisfying sort of sound of like, ah, (laughs) wow. So it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm Joe and C watching Stutch. And I'm here to say that I'm against, uh, the government who wants to tax cow farts. And then, you know, that's going on and you're just wrapping your brain about what he just said. And then here comes cow one and cow two did big, deep breath, cartoon fart sound. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) My wife, Laura and I, she replayed that like five second clip. I'm not kidding. 15 to 20 times (laughs) in a row. Oh man. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've been around a while and I've seen a lot of ridiculous ads for political reasons. Oh my God. This one, I don't even know really what I'm supposed to be on what side. (laughs) Should I worry about these cow farts? Should we tax them? I don't know. Uh, But I can't think seriously because there's this farting cow and this other cow's taking in this deep breath man it's just so weird it's so weird which is why i love it i think oh god but anyways thanks for letting me get that off my chest <laughs> oh i i've i've seen i've seen video not a lot it was it, i think it was in a compilation <clears throat> but uh and, and i don't know i don't know the science behind it i just it was it was rather impressive but it was somebody walks up to this cow and i know cows have uh, i think four stomachs um, and I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know the precise. Sure. T- t- tell me, teach me. It's, uh, I don't know the precise place or what the instrument was that they used, but they had this, they had this. Uh, I think it must have had some sort of needle on the end of it, but they, they, it goes into the cow. Yeah. Uh, so it's part of it's inside the cow, part of it's outside the cow. But it, 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 it has some capacity to be able to um, take the the gas, the methane that's inside the cow. And release it in some sort of scientific fashion, but they did this so there's a valve on the end, so it's taking this methane out of the cow, and they light it on fire, and there's just this like stream <laughs> of flame that's now just being just sucked out just of this cow. The cow's, just, the cow's just standing there, and there's like this blowtorch oh, flame coming out of the cow. It was like. You know, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm the same boat as you. I don't know for pro or anti cow farts. I don't know which side of that aisle I'm supposed to be on. If it's killing the environment, if it's making us all feel better because we're <laughs> laughing at cow farts, I don't know. I'm not sure uh, where we fall on that. I, but I just I just I pulled a random clip on YouTube of farting cows. I'm gonna play it for a second just to see what it is. Let's just see what let's discover it together. We're learning together. Okay. This is uh it's like a documentary style thing here. 
there are cows, but I don't hear any farting. Is that a fart? <laughs> Where's the farting, man? <laughs> you can't advertise cow farts and then just talk for forever. Okay. <laughs> I think that, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Okay. Did you hear that? I did hear that. Wow. Can I hear that again? No, here we Oh my God. These cows, man, they have no shame. See, Ugh. here's 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 my thing, though. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't know exactly how you go about it, but I feel like if this is currently a problem, we <laughs> uh -huh. can turn this in. Like, okay, so on one side of things, we got ah, oh, the cows are farting, and it's <laughs> right. contributing. It's contributing to the greenhouse gases, and it's killing the planet. Which up I don't. Seventeen. I don't, up, what was it? Up to 13 percent of greenhouse gases total. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay. But okay. I mean, it's a serious issue that deserves our respectful thought and consideration and but just is, have adult is, conversations. <laughs> is this not, so, at least in some form or fashion, a natural gas? Yeah. So yes. is there not a way, scientifically somehow... I mean, we hook these cows up to all kinds of machines to yes, get the milk yes. to do this. To is there not a way? And I'm not saying super invasively. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't. Uh, the milking thing is probably not the most comfortable thing for the cow, but it's no. what we're doing. Um, but is there not a way then that we could capture if we have a wealth of gas here so much so that it just left unchecked? It's apparently doing bad things to the environment. Mm -hmm. Um. I mean, I don't know how many cows there are on the planet, but I, you know, there's more people on the planet than there's cows. I would have to imagine, because um, you know, it's not like everybody's eating cows. But it's like, right, right. We're we're all farting too. I mean, like, I don't, I don't like the cows are probably doing it in a higher volume, but it's like, if farts in general are just unacceptable, like everything, yeah. I mean, like, isn't that one of those books? Everybody farts, you know? Yeah. Everybody poops, well, everybody, everybody poops. Farts. Yeah. Every, but I mean, a like, fart is just a cry from a lonely turd. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's all it's all in the mix. It's like, all right, if 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 this <laughs> is the problem, the mix. it's all in the mix. Everybody's the everybody's mix. out here releasing gases into the environment. If this is a problem, and we know the cows are are guilty of a certain percentage of it, is yeah. there and and I've already seen them turn it into a flamethrower. Is there not a way that we can harness this gas and use it? Could we have cars powered by cow farts? I mean, is that like, are we, are we, can we not think outside of like, that's come on. No, guys. we should be able to, we, you would think so. Okay. I mean, if, 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 you know, if we're looking for alternative forms of energy, have we not found one? Is this not a form of energy? We, we just could, haven't utilized if, yet? If we could just collect the farts, I think you might be onto something. I mean, there's gotta be. A way. Maybe that's just the issue. Maybe we're thinking it's just too simple of a solution, but it's really not like we're, we, we're going to have to figure out cold fusion before we can harness the powers of airborne farts like once it leaves the butt it's airborne man you got to find a way to collect that see that's that's what i'm saying like let's get something yeah if we're sucking the milk out suck the farts out while you're get at something it yeah. in there at the same time <laughs> like oh we gotta go milk all the cows. i mean they gotta do that like twice a day or something like that like hey we gotta go milk the cows get the milk and the i'll farts. tell you what man these lazy farmers will not even take the amount of time it takes to go from milking the cow to collecting the farts. 
You know what? You know? I, it's, I, I don't want to. I don't want to put tinfoil hats on here, but I think it's probably Big Dairy. That's just uh, you know Big, Big Dairy. dairy. <laughs> you know, I that's that's where I'm pointing the finger. All right, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy <clears throat> Three. You you started <clears throat> off. You started so, well. Off. No, here's 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 the here's the spin because it, I mean it's it's only been out for a few days. I'm mean, not quite a week at this point. Um, and so I mean I know any any more. It seems like that window has closed considerably. As like you know, hey, the movie come. You know, people people started seeing this movie in screenings. You know, a couple of weeks ago. And not like just the, oh, hey, we're at the premiere. Like when I would be on Twitter, I feel like, I mean, I really had, you know, I don't necessarily get all that bent out of shape about spoilers, but like leading up to it, just because the last couple of times, you know, like the trailer industry has really kind of tipped that a little too far. Oh, yeah, man. Like it didn't used to bother me, but it's like, it's really getting to the point where it's like, you're giving everything away anymore. Like it's not like, here's a nugget, here's a little, it's like, you're giving, like when they gave away Wonder Woman in the Shazam trailer, which I missed, thankfully, that was a surprise for me in the movie. But I'm like, after the fact, I'm like, you know what? If I'd have seen that stupid trailer, that whole moment would have totally lost, you know, the momentum that it had, which I was like, that's just, I mean, come on. But instead, you, you're just waiting for it to happen. Cause, yeah, it's like, we I know it delay happens, but I don't know where it happens. That's like the only mystery left yeah. involved. So it's like, what okay, part of the movie will that thing I saw on TV happen? We have to be, we have to be, a, I mean, just a little bit more patient. Like, okay, let's let some of these things unfold naturally. Yeah. But no, so, no, but you, I know what you're saying. Like, Marvel movie, there's like data to support. Marvel movies are very historically uh front loaded as far as their box office draw like it makes they make most of their money during the preview era area um the the pre-ticket sell week and then maybe like a week or two after but then it's not like they stop making money but they don't make the kind of money that no it starts dropping off pretty big, it's yeah. just all like icing on the cake at that point for them they've already made their money back They've made hopefully enough money to justify the cost of you know of the next movie that they are no doubt going to do, and you just pray that the gravy train never dries up. Honestly, well, and I think I think that's one of the things they saw during Phase Four, which I think has pushed them in the wrong direction because people started to really lose some of the enthusiasm for a lot of the stuff that was coming out. Um, so it, it to me it feels like they started. There was like this internal, like, we need to start, you know, making some of the, we need to build that excitement back. And it's like, instead of doing that, I think they just started giving away more of like, ooh, look, here's the new trailer. It's like, okay, I don't know why I need 17 trailers for this movie. Like, I know it's coming out. I'm excited about it. Let me just go see the movie when it comes out. I don't want to watch the movie in two and a half minute increments over the course of seven months. Like, just let me go watch the movie. So, um, but, uh, I, I think in the you know the people at Disney and who are in charge of the, you know the MCU, I think they had a problem after you know Avengers Endgame. They, yeah. they really had no way to. I guess they thought they had it figured out. You know, like let's just kind of we'll figure out the um, basics of the uh, multiverse. We mul- everybody knew it was going to be a really tied into the multiverse somehow we yeah didn't, you know but and you and you know you see the slate of projects that are coming out and i'm looking at each one of them like i really don't see how just this alone has anything to do with the multiverse and honestly loki's really been the only um show on disney plus so far to tackle it meaningfully you know this just everything else are just nods to it it feels like 
But well, and what they did is they created a problem because they didn't have anything sufficient to replace the buildup of Thanos. Yeah. So they banked hard on the multiverse until they were, I guess, able to get their next big thing lined up, which turns out it's going to be Kang. And even then they have a huge problem because yeah. the actor who they uh, tapped to play Kang, and he's already been and he's already been the character twice now. Yep. Once on Loki and then once in uh, Ant-Man Quantum Mania. He's he's in some legal trouble right now. It at first it seemed like he might dodge a bullet, but then you get this news out of nowhere that um, his entertainment representation <laughs> dropped him as a client. It's an odd move to make for someone who's about to be in a bunch of Marvel movies. Yeah. So and the uh, last I read is, you know, because Marvel didn't come right out and just you know jump ship immediately, but. When I was reading a couple of days ago, they're starting to explore their options. So, yeah, <clears throat> whether or not things, how, however things turn out in the the legal system for Jonathan Majors, I, I think Marvel is going to hedge their bets, and I would see them going in a different. Which you know, be, because they're in a position right now where I mean they've they've only had to pivot a couple of times. I mean, we went from Iron Man one to Iron Man two with. Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the guy that played Rhodey in the first one now. Um, yeah, Terrence Howard. Yeah, Terrence Howard, then to Don right. Cheadle. Uh, right. So they've only had to pivot a couple of times. I mean, you know, and then... That felt really weird for, like, good chunk of the movie, but after... Yeah. It seems like after... The more I saw Don... And I love Don Cheadle, you know, a bunch. But it seemed like just the more times I saw him as Rhodey, I just accepted it. But, yeah, for a while there, between watching Iron Man 1... And Iron Man two and the handful of other Marvel movies that were around that time, just felt very, no pun intended, stark. You know, yeah. in contrast. And so they're <clears throat> they're in a spot now where okay, you know, yeah, we've everybody's seen Jonathan Majors and they've you know definitely started to build that up. But if because even some of their projections of stuff that was supposed to be coming out, you know, next year or the year after, has still been pushed back a little bit. And so I think. Some of their, you know, their they've wisely in. pushed uh, the Marvels to November. Yeah, buying so. themselves some more time because I don't know about you, but I mean, I'll I'll watch any Marvel movie. They're always entertaining. This the the Marvels is not one I'm real excited to see in theaters. I'm I'll, I think I'll be more than happy to watch that. And I think that's the problem. A lot of people feel like there's just some burnout going on with well, all the they've, shows. They've it's it's funny because we had this, you know, we're not getting more movies, but because they've included the series. And I think this the way the series were built originally was, you know, the series were going to be, you know, extras. Hey, yeah. but then the series started becoming connective tissue to where it's like, okay, I have to watch these. Yeah. In order to understand what's going on in the movies now too, so I have to do both. And right. when you when you get, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's kind of like uh, you have these you have the movies, and we've had twenty. You know, you get to the you know Infinity War and, and uh, Endgame, and you've got <clears throat> this whole slate of movies that you know you've come to really enjoy. Every every time you know people love the post credit scene. Yeah, they get excited for the trailer release. And then you kind of have that drop off. And then with the advent of the shows, the shows are really high quality. But even still, like, I think the thing is, 
what it does is it sort of waters down like, okay, well, if I can watch, you know, TV has always been like, okay, well, TV, we love watching TV, but the movie experience is just different. But it's like, if the same actors are on my TV screen doing a TV show, seeing Loki on TV and seeing Loki in a movie, if the quality is the same, it starts to kind of, it feels like it kind of waters down that, you know, this, the, the epic nature of seeing it on the screen in the theater we're like, okay, well, yeah. I'm not can't go see Loki uh, at the theater. And it so also dilutes the product too. If yeah. you think about it, I mean, it does. You have to. You're you're splitting up. You're you're working the writers that much harder. You're putting that much more of of, of, of that much more stress on the the FX teams who have to make the shows. Um. It. Yeah. So I. Well, I think what ends up happening is the 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 perceived gap that we're used to. Now, now the TV and or the streaming, I guess I should say, the streaming content really kind of matches what we're seeing in the cinematic world. Yeah, they kind of look the same, and I think that's because I may, uh, maybe it's intentional. I don't know, but I think people are picking up on the sort of like the the effects of the movies are now nowhere as epic or talked about as as much as they did. Like I I rewatched Guardians one. After seeing three, I just like had to watch them all again. Yeah, um, and I I feel like the effects in the original Guardians of the Galaxy are better than the effects in the Guardians of the Galaxy three. They look amazing, <laughs> and it feels like there's just like more. It feels more like a cinematic experience and not just an expanded, bigger version of what you're gonna see on the streaming. Yeah, platform. I, am I am I am I nuts? Does that does that like no, even that, that track totally, with you at all? Yeah, that no, that totally tracks. <clears throat> and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that because the other the other part is too. You kind of had, I mean, like we had with you know the first with you know everything building up to Thanos was we had you know a wide enough berth because we had to establish all these characters. Yeah, but it was still kind of within these guardrails. And I think the thing is now like it's almost like in making and creating the universe they have. Like, it's one of those things, like, they've made it almost too big to really be able to track. Like, I I mean, I know one of the things that I thought at the end of uh, Doctor Strange was uh, the the post-credit scene where they had uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. And I'm like, it's gotten to the point where it's like, with, I I mean, I, I know I've said before, it's like, I didn't grow up reading all of the comics. I, I mostly collected comic cards. I watched the cartoons. Yeah. I did read some comics, yeah. but, like... I I had probably more than you know your average moviegoers understanding of who characters were and what what worked, but I wasn't I'm st- I wouldn't put myself up against comic book nerds that know like oh I read right. comic books a ton in, in my childhood it was like I wouldn't so when like when Charlize people who have up, like weekly pulls yeah of comics you know they just day week to week to week in the world uh, yeah I'm like I I I couldn't I couldn't hang in that universe and so it's like when she shows up I didn't know. I have no idea what character she was playing. I think I went and looked it up at the time, but yeah. like one of the, the reality of it was that kind of bummed me out was like, okay, like I'm supposed to be excited about this. And I used yeah. to be because all of this stuff connected, but yeah. it's one of those things like, okay, it's been like kind of done them all really. I mean, we're just waiting for the X-Men and fantastic four at this point. But yeah. And, and it was like, it had been like four five, six years since the previous doctor strange 
And that one, they left us on a cliffhanger with uh, the Baron Mordo character yeah. that they did bring back in multiverse, but they they nixed the whole like the whole plot line right. that the twist ending had. They had yeah. that, and, and I came to find out after the fact, they had shot that in the beginning, and they, they cut it. There was a whole big front scene, uh, beginning scene, that was to uh, continue that storyline that they just cut. And I'm like, okay... So if the post credit scene then, you know, if, if we start, if that starts to, because that used to be the connective tissue, you waited yeah, right. for that because it teased, oh, what's coming next? What, so, what, where they're headed, right? Yeah. So it's like, <coughs> if that's up in the air, okay, if this post credit scene doesn't really mean anything, then okay. And then on yeah. top of that, I'm like, if it's going to be five years before I see another Doctor Strange movie, okay, well, I mean, the, you know, this, this used to be like, Okay, the next, you know, like you, you'd you'd wait to you'd wait to the end of. Uh, I just rewatched the Incredible Hulk a few weeks ago. You you get to the end of the Incredible Hulk, and you got Thunderbolt <coughs> Ross sitting at a bar, and Tony Stark walks mm-hmm. in and right. says, "We're putting a team together." It's like, okay, that was building towards something. Yeah. Anymore, it's like the post credit scenes in these things. Like, I mean, I, 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 I off the top of my head, I don't think I could tell you what the post credit scene was for Shang Chi. Because I, I like it's been so long since I watched that movie that I'm like, yeah, Whoa, yeah. what even I, happened? I what can't really remember there? either. So it's <coughs> it's almost like they've built too wide of a universe where it's like, okay, right. it was cool when we created all these characters that came together in Endgame, but now yeah. we've got here's the magic world, here's the outer space world, here's the TV yeah, yeah, world, yeah. here's the. I'm like, who's doing? Oh, don't what forget again? to talk about Celestials here. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, uh, so. There's. These guys are the Eternals, and they how do they with the space? And there's the Skrulls with the with Marvel of like, and you're just like, okay, I'm trying to keep track of all this, and it's it's a bunch, it's a lot, and but one nice thing about Guardians Three that I would like to say right up front, and it was something that I immediately pinpointed at the end of the movie and was so like refreshed by it, was James Gunn whether he meant to or not didn't let any of that um, sort of through-line storytelling interrupt your movie. He just kept... It was just always about the Guardians. Yeah. And, you know, there... He may have allowed a little bit of, uh, like, you know, Krill, you know, like, you hear things like that. But there... It was... Even his, like, post-credit scenes were very focused on what he would like to do next. Yeah, it's not like it was just generated by the think tank at Marvel. It's like we need to make sure that uh, people remember about you know uh, Tony Stark's in this realm. You know, like we need yeah, to do something exactly. to make people remember. And uh, I don't know, but his with his, it's just not that way. So watching Guardians three just felt, man. Just, just so you know, my my topic that I was going to bring to the table if we had time was James Gunn. <laughs> then let's match them talk, together. I was going to talk about James Gunn because I'm starting to feel like he may be the best creative storyteller who gets what comic book movies are supposed to be like. I think he might be the number one guy. And he may be, I don't want to, but I, I would like, my topic was going to be like, can you think of anyone else like the Russo brothers? Maybe you could throw in there. Uh, Joss Whedon was sort of kind of guy who had his vision rolling for a couple movies. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, John Favreau, of course, 
has his fingerprints on some franchise like Iron Man and Spider Man. But like James Gunn to me just and I feel that way because he goes over to Warner Brothers and takes just crap nobody would even dare care about and makes them really compelling and lovable and you know memorable because all the stories are so good. He writes for comic book characters I think better than anybody. He uh, he and, he and the son of a bitch characters. can shoot a movie too. Like he looks, he makes good looking movies. Well, because I, I think I think that's one of the things um, that Marvel kind of has started to move away from, and I think it is kind of because of the saturation is, you know, when when you start, like I think what James Gunn does, and I feel like you really see it in the Guardians. I mean, because I mean clearly. You know, if we're going to cover the diversity base, you've—I mean, you like the, the Guardians are incredibly diverse, and especially when you go throughout the rest of their universe, it's like there's there's you know, it's not it's not it's not permeated by any one thing anywhere you yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, no, no, it's all all inclusive for sure. Like, so to me, he, I, I I was listening to a friend talk about Guardians, how like just reminded him so much of Star Wars, and like I get that. But to me, it almost has more akin with Star Trek because of all the of like respectful attention given to all of these very different alien planets and the the species that inhabit those planets. You know what I mean? Like he usually yeah. gives them like personalities and, you know, they, they have things to say. Like it's not just always the humans that have important things to say. It's, you know, Mantis or uh, a tree humanoid tree thing. I mean, they, that everyone gets a moment to speak and be heard. And like, that feels very Star Trek to me, but, but like JJ Abrams, Star Trek, you know, not like the, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the old no, television it, series. It, it definitely, cause it feels like, <clears throat> I mean, cause I, th- I think that's the thing in the end is like, they really, the, the guardians does feel like a family and that's, it's yeah. felt like that. Like, even the way they came together, it's like, okay, I, I like the intentionality of the fact that, you know, you go back to the first one and none of them had really any common interest at all. I mean, they were all out for themselves. And, and, and I mean, in their character, who they were it, at the beginning, when you see who they were at the beginning and you see how, who they were at the end, you you cannot help but conclude that through these three volumes, and especially, and we talked about offline, one of the things that I hadn't really thought about was the and and appreciated even more about James Gunn is and I, I'm sure he must have been in part of in, in the conversations about it, but it's like in the Infinity War when they take you know Thanos has to take Gamora and sacrifice her to get the Soul Stone. That throws a huge wrench in the storyline that James Gunn had already been telling. I mean, to yeah, go you through, know what? I if you think about the timeline, I'm not so sure they even gave a crap what he thought about it. At yeah, the time. I mean, they they may not because yeah, they'd already because you know he they'd already released Guardians two, and you know sometime in between Guardians two and you know making Guardians three, it, you know there was some old tweets. The old tweets resurface. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's killed more careers than uh, than TMZ. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything else that's killed more careers than the old than tweet. Than cow from farts. Like, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm not saying what he, like, tweeted was dis- wasn't was distasteful or whatever, but 
nobody should be defined by like something they said on a platform they had no idea was going to be as huge as it. Well, I mean, I could. He probably was just being goofy and stupid, but of course, when you read a tweet, you don't have enough characters to establish context and shit. So you just take the briefest version of whatever it is you're trying to say. And people were not happy with him and Disney just like let him go. And I guess they thought about it a little bit and we're like, actually this one, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe we acted too rashly because sometimes like things come up and you do, you're like, you should probably just go. Honestly, just please go. Save us all the trouble. Yeah. But they brought him back in, but I think I, I think what that that time that they were uh had dismissed him, I guess you could say. I feel like that's around the time they were making plans for those two Avenger movies. Um well, or they had enough time to make changes at least, and maybe that's why they threw Gamora over the uh, ridge without thinking about it that much. And I, I think, mean, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't bad writing. No, but, I mean, it, it worked. I mean, it, it yeah. definitely, it definitely worked for, for the Infinity War and for Endgame. So mm-hmm. it was like, it fit there, but it was, it's one of those like, okay, that, I mean, considering by the time you get to the end of Guardians 2, you've really, that's when, by that point, you've spent two full movies really cementing, uh, you know, it, it, well, I guess to a degree, it would kind of be like, you know, it, you know, if you're going to go back to the original Star Wars trilogy, you know, you see through the first and the second movie the development of the relationship between Han and Leia. Yeah. And it's like if you got to <coughs> the end, the end of the second movie, <coughs> where you have Leia saying "Han, I love you," and he has his iconic "I know," right? Very similar to a you know the uh, you strong female character, and you've got kind of this cocky male character, very similar to. Um, Peter and Gamora, um, yeah. and you 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 see, okay, they've forged this real relationship. It would be like if they had, hey, we made a movie between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and we killed Leia, <laughs> and so right. you come back to the third one, and it's like, okay, he's out of the carbon. I was like, hey, where's Leia? It's like, like they killed him off screen, really, even too. Like you didn't even, have, yeah. Like what if you weren't even a fan of the Avengers movies? And you're like, I just like Guardians movies, and then out of nowhere, like you watch Guardians, you're like, what the fuck happened between? Yeah. Uh, Gomorrah and Quill. They were like in <clears throat> love and now they like hate each other. Like that's kind of, it's well, cool. And- I just have a feeling that Gunn really was in no position to defend Gomorrah from being the character used as the catalyst of, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the- and, and when you think, when you think about like, okay, what that, the position that, that put him in then coming back to, it's like, okay. How do I, you know, because it, it even outside of Guardians, it was like okay, so the Guardians were Infinity War and they were in um, Endgame, and then they, you know, they show up in Thor: Love and Thunder, and, and then they have their right. holiday special. So it's like there's other, the storyline continues, and it's like all right, there's it other did. installments here where it's like, I mean, it really, I mean, especially at the beginning of this movie, you see the impact that the the losses really take on Peter. And yeah. it's like and then put him in a position where it's like okay. He as he I mean he he loses his mother in the you know, like we see him lose his mom in the first one. Yeah. And we see him lose his dad. Then he meets and, and loses his dad. Right. <laughs> uh so yeah, he's and then and then he loses Gamora um in another movie. So yeah. it's wow. 
and poor peter and, well and then e- <laughs> even peter, on top though. of it, like it was it was and you know it's it's funny you know even because you go back and you see the way that he and and rocket they bicker you know and they mm-hmm. and they they give each other a hard time but it's like you know for him to just casually refer to rocket as his best friend he <laughs> yeah. is like it, it's you 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 get that in the relationship in the movie it's like okay that that really is there and so it's like that's a te- i mean it really is a testament to what gun's capable of doing and yeah. even just i mean one of the things i really enjoyed is i watched a number of of kind of the you know the um junket interviews that people did with with uh with um James Gunn and Chris Pratt and Zoe saw that, you know, all the cast kind of getting together in different forms and fashions. And I was like, you could tell, I mean, like it's one of those are like, oh, man, that would have been such a fun movie set to be on. Cause these guys, yeah. I mean, like they really love working with each other. These guys I all love that Dave Batista like really never threw James Gunn under the bus. Like a lot of times yeah. you'll see actors kind of distance themselves from known, you know, if it's, if it's not acceptable any longer to be connected to, they just kind of distance themselves a little bit. Maybe, maybe not come right out and speak out against you, but distance yourself. And he well, never did that with James Gunn. He, he more or less just said, like, if he doesn't come back, I won't come back. And well, and, and I think I think that's the other thing too that was really nice, especially in you know in all of the things that we're exposed to. I mean, like, there's a lot of people that really like to try and vilify Chris Pratt because of his religious beliefs. Um, yeah. and is seeing how people tried to cancel James Gunn because of his very past, um, transgressions. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, and then Dave Batista, he's been, I mean, he's been pretty outspoken about relationships. He's cut off for people's, you know, different views on things that conflict with his. Yeah. Um, so I think it really speaks to the level of respect and credibility that they all give each other that they can clearly have and hold very different uh, views on a lot of different things and have different opinions, but it never, I mean, like as much as, I mean, if there was beef between Chris Pratt and Dave Bautista because of, Oh, Chris thinks is like, no, they stood up for each other. I was like, there's, I mean, there's a real relationship these guys formed in making these movies. And I think that translates to on screen to where it's like, okay, you know, at the end, when you get to the end of the movie and, you see the arcs that all these these stories take and how they weave together, but they still maintain their own, you know, uh, kind of uh, validity. It's like, okay, yeah. this is, I mean, this is, it's really well written. It's well put together. It was, I mean, honestly, I think it's, to me, it's starting to rival as one of the best trilogies that Marvel has put together. I think it might be, and I wouldn't, hesitate to include it in any conversation about just best trilogies yeah uh yeah in general because i i don't think across the board you know like sometimes a trilogy will be good again across the board but there's a clear favorite yeah i don't know what my clear favorite guardians movie is no honestly i'm right there with you just so consistently good and they take from they take the characters who, you know, they'll create some sort of conflict that we are learning about as the movie unfolds. And they make they make even the heels or the bad characters um, have enough character or charm to kind of like, if they ever did change sides, you could be on board with it. 
Yeah. You know, it wasn't like when Negan suddenly became a good character on The Walking Dead. And you're like, no, he brained like three of our favorite characters. He could never be a character that could come back, even though Jeffrey Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is like a hella likable dude. Yeah. Uh, Negan is likable and, you know, at all just because of him. (laughs) So, yeah, it 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 doesn't make sense that person like Chris Pratt or Dave Batista and you know like some of this celebrity like Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel they ne- I never hear them talk about how much they love doing work for Guardians or it, I've certainly never heard them say like this is probably my last time except for Batista we know about him yeah but I don't think any of the others really have any kind of eagerness to step away for good for that I was happy that they they had that tacked on Obviously, we we talked spoilers, um, but one of you know at the end of the movies, like they kind of did that Marvel thing when they'll say like so and so is going to return. Yeah, I was so excited and surprised, honestly, um, just because of the things you mentioned about like Chris Pratt and some, how yeah. some people don't like him. I think uh, I think Disney and, and Marvel, you know, again, not to be political, I feel like they're going to start letting. You know, they're they're going to stop trying to um, cater to more, like, minority groups. Yeah. If it's going to kill their bottom line, like, I think they're afraid it might be starting to happen. <laughs> I think they have good intentions, and I hope, I hope that they'll still push boundaries. But I hope, you know, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't totally go away from it, but maybe don't feature it if it's going to, you know, upset so, I mean, and I'm not one of those people, don't get me wrong, but it, there's things that, that that have dropped recently in these movies that have just totally turned off a certain group of people. And because of that, that's less people going to see their movies, it's more, less people subscribing to Disney+, Plus. it's less people buying merchandise. So, you know, it's got to hurt, and you may start to see kind of like a reversing of that. You know, like maybe we won't, we won't uh, have cold feet with Chris because just certain people are upset with him because of this or that. Well, let's I, be I, reasonable. I, and unless it's like a Bill Cosby situation, maybe yeah. we let give him the benefit of Kevin the doubt. Kevin Spacey. At least. Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're not going to, there's no, we're not going to tolerate them at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I think, I think that's the thing. And I think to the, to the credit of, of like a James Gunn and a, a guardians, you know, the guardians universe it's when I was like, okay, I think because I think what the point they were missing, uh, and a lot, I mean, a lot of places are, have have done this, is in trying to cater to the to the loudest people. Yeah, you are missing out on the largest group of people, and yeah, you know, like because because everybody, and I think you know, I think we, uh, I think the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, another Chris Pratt venture, uh, I think that was one of the best examples lately where everybody don't forget could, like Jurassic world, the third one of those, like people were shitting all over that movie. Oh my God. And then you I watch it and you're movie. like, this I is a really fun movie. <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, it's like, there's clearly flaws with it. And it's like, if you want to dissect it, it's not hard, but I'm like, if you right. just go to watch that movie to enjoy a movie about dinosaurs and action, it's like, okay, you could turn this on any, I mean, like I will, I've watched that movie. I don't know how many times with my kids. Cause it's just, it's fun and exciting. And there's yeah. dinosaurs like, it's really well done. It's not going to be Citizen Kane, guys. I don't know what your expectation is going in. It's like, if you want to watch action movie with dinosaurs, I mean, it's it's far and away yeah. better than Velocipaster. 
So it's like when you invest that kind of money and talent into it, yes, yes, I do. And I mean, like, and I, I still, I mean, I still love how they married the old school people and the new school people. How they yeah, came together to me, it was like I was like, I don't, I feel bad for the rest of you guys if you think this is garbage. This is, I mean, this is nothing but you know gold for me. Like I can watch it any day yeah. of the week, and I just yeah, enjoy people, it. people really need to just sort of ignore the so called tastemakers, I guess. Yeah. Because you don't know what their own politics are, even. You're just supposed to blindly follow, like, what they believe. You know, uh, yeah, listen to them, then, then, you know, then make your own decision, you know? Hey, that, I heard there's going to be a gay character in this movie. Does that bother you? Not really. Cool, no. enjoy the movie. <laughs> well, and I, I think because uh, that was, I mean, with Super Mario Brothers, like, you know, we've had a number of other animated movies that have come out from other studios where they try, where they really do, they make it a point to shoehorn in, you know, d- different point, and no one's happy with it. The people that are supposedly no. being represented aren't happy because yes. it's not enough. The people I've, that are that's being what represented, I've read too. It's it's like it's uh, it's never going to work in your favor. Yeah, and so it's like if you just if instead of trying to use this as a platform to preach at people, because people are so tired of that, if this is just an outlet where people can go and enjoy something, like just okay, this is just fun. Let it be fun for people to have fun. And yeah, it's like, and it's you okay. do that. It's fine. You see something like Super Mario Brothers, which uh, starts breaking all these records. And then it's like, and then even then after the fact, everybody's like, see, we told you, we just, it's like, no, no, no. Don't, don't try and take it after the fact and say, oh, we, this is ours because they did this. Oh, this is, no, no, no. Everybody shut up and just be happy that we have something we can enjoy. Don't yeah, take because it here's the thing the too. A movie yeah. can have a star, and that star could have a very distinctive voice, but it takes a, a humongous crew of talented artists to put a movie together. And if they're yeah. working together in a certain way, and the whole movie is being lifted up in its quality across the board, it doesn't matter who you... I mean, it matters, but not... You know, like, you, you can't take a guy like Chris Pratt... Who I mean, and, and if you talk, to, if you just talk to people who are like, I'll say like, why do you hate Chris Pratt, or you know like why why are you annoyed with him? And then like it always is the same thing. It's rarely even the church stuff. It's the dumping of his ex wife. That's yeah. what so many people are upset with him about. So I'm like, you know, I whatever, I get it. I, I like, um, oh gosh, what's her name? I love I love Ferris. her, Anna Ferris. I love her. She's great. But, you know, it's none of our business. It's their adult relationship. And don't they both seem happier now? I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's the problem, everybody? And then if it is because of, and I, I you know, and I don't want to go into it. I honestly don't know a lot of the details. And I don't want to know about his affiliation with whatever church. Like, I, I've, I've heard it once before, and it, and it didn't seem that much of a big deal to me at the time, and I don't need to have someone explain it yeah. to me anymore. You know, it's just like, okay, I, whatever. I guess I understand why. Because, you know, like, sometimes if your best friend goes and hangs out with somebody that did something you hate, you do. You kind of want to, like, start bad-mouthing that old friend of yours. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a little bit. That, that just feels like what this is. So just watch the movie, man. Watch the movie that these directors uh, choreographed. Right? Watch the movie that these cinematographers filmed for you. Like watch, watch the movie with these excellent soundtracks laid out flawlessly to 
just expertly choreographed action sequences. You know, just enjoy it if you could. Just open yourself up to a good time, a good time, an experience. You paid the money. Just, well, and, you know. And, and just understand, because <clears throat> I, I don't know when this happened, but it's like, okay, if if you got, like, if you're like, ah, I, I don't, I, uh, Chris Pratt. Or maybe it's some, maybe you're like, ah, I really can't stand that Karen Gillum. Well, you know, whatever it right. is, it's yeah. one of those things like understand that it's like, okay, if if you go and you watch this movie, it, it like you were just saying, just be open to it. It's like, you, if you go watch a movie that has a person in it that you don't particularly care for, that yeah. does not mean you tacitly agree with everything this other, it's like, no, 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 no. Right. This is a completely voluntary thing that you're yeah. doing for entertainment. If it's the line in the sand, if you say, you know what, I don't agree with Chris Pratt, I don't agree with anything he has to say, I don't like him, right. if, whatever your laundry is, and that's where you draw the line in the sand, you know what, uh, do it. I'm not sure. seeing a Chris Pratt movie, that's fine. And I will respect the crap out of that. It's like, okay, if that's your line in the sand, and that's your conviction, you're going to hold to it, I respect you for holding that conviction and saying right. this is where I draw the line. Like, I will not try to talk you out of your feelings. Yeah. It's it's pointless to try. <laughs> but it's like the idea that like, okay, anybody does anything. And it's like, okay, with the Jonathan Majors things, like it's, you know, it's probably good to wait and figure out what actually happened and let things transpire. But at the same time, it's like in the court of public opinion, if there is, we don't need it to go to an actual court. If there, I mean, like before, uh, uh uh, what's his, uh, Weinstein before before he anything was you know you know before a gavel was pounded there was more than enough evidence in the court of public opinion for everybody like oh yeah no yeah Kevin Spacey yeah no we or don't the, need you know like Deshaun Watson with like yeah massage therapist after massage therapist after massage therapist start coming forward but anyways yeah, I, like, I don't want to talk about the negatives I want to no, I want to yeah. talk about how amazing everyone is in the in, yes. the in this movie and all the movies chris pratt i mean i thought showed great range whenever he was you know you felt the losses you, you oh, yeah. always felt the losses and chris pratt is such a like plucky guy most people know him so well from parks and rec or maybe even emmett the lego guy he's just yes. just one of those guys who's just so optimistic all the time and there's a bit of that quality in star lord and he has such good, like, chemistry with Zoe Saldana. I mean, like, they have great chemistry. Yeah. Amazing right off the bat. And then you take voice talents like Bradley Cooper and Vin Diesel, and like, they make, like, Bradley Cooper was killing me, man, as Rocket in this movie. Oh, yeah. He was absolutely killing it. I was telling you one of the, you know, there, there's like a humongous trigger for if you haven't seen this movie, obviously, the spoiler alert. But if you have any sort of, uh, trigger about animal cruelty this movie is not for you <laughs> yeah Th that's a theme in this thing you know rocket was a raccoon who was taken by this guy the high evolutionary and his goal was to just you know he wanted to just quickly evolve things into you know, he was creating a perfect society just like one of those kinds of villains yeah and you know so you get the backstory of Rocket, and they've been planting these little seeds of Rocket in his troubled past because he always does these self-destructive, self-loathing type things. He's constantly throughout. And he always comes back to, the, like, you know, like, I was torn apart and put back together again. And, oh, God. And you, you, I, you knew going into this one you were going to get that. 
and you did. You got it fully. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a number of flashbacks because it, it's an interesting like layout of the movie. You know, like the mo- rocket is almost fatally wounded right off the bat, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Uh in a in a in a fight between Adam Warlock, who we remember from the post credit scene of Guardians One, right? No, two, two. And you know, they had this great fight. But I'd also like to point out that once again, that Adam Warlock character, they played him as like dumb, like childlike in, in maturity. Yeah. And by the time he comes around at the end, you kind of buy it. You're like, you know what? They you know, he didn't cook long enough. <laughs> He has, he's kind of like a kid. You can't hold everything a kid does against him. You know what I mean? So, like, you kind of give him, like, this pass as long as he doesn't do anything bad again. Well, and, and, and even, even with that character, what I really, what I liked about, because, you know, they, they, they definitely hyped it up. And uh, again, I mean, I, I know probably enough to be dangerous, but like in the comics, he did, Adam Warlock had a very different role. In especially in the Infinity Saga, he was he was in, far more involved in that, yeah. and so it's like okay to have introduced him when they did, which was before the Infinity Saga, and then to bring him about after it, it's when I was like okay again I got to give credit to James Gunn. You know, you took yeah. a character that people were familiar with in the comics, and I know yeah. a lot of the hardcore comics you know comic nerds are going to be upset like oh this yeah. is the Adam yeah. Warlock it was like. But it's like no, okay, no, no. I get you. Stop and understand. It's like, like it's like talking to Transformers fans too. It's like you gotta you gotta be able to like be fluid as a fan. Yeah, <laughs> just be like, excited okay. that you're getting the thing in the first place. But yeah, not to get off on another tangent because that's gonna happen in another show down the road. I'm positive of it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was. I mean, like the the version of of Adam Warlock that we got, the character that he played. If you just okay, we take this for what it is, and understanding that it existed. The character of Adam Warlock exists within Marvel Comics, but in the yeah. universe of Guardians of the Galaxy, this is what we got. Even within that, like the the complexity of the character in how he you know he starts out and he's is you know almost just mildly self aware, you know, to where he gets to at the end of this movie. Yeah, you're like okay, within one movie, a character that doesn't have a lot of on screen time doesn't have a lot of opportunity to just to grow through dialogue and interaction there's still i would say a a decent amount of growth from where the character starts to what happens to him throughout the movie and yeah, to and where Will, he gets Will to the Poulter end. played it i think probably perfectly to get yeah. there you know it was a good it was a good vision it was good editing i suppose and a good performance to get him to a believable point and not just roll your eyes like huh, martha you know like, oh, yeah, here we and, are and especially for for that role for that character, <clears throat> when you think, okay, I mean, I don't know what the future for the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise is. I know James Gunn is. I mean, he said he's done. Dave yeah, Batista he, well, said he's, he's done. stepping away, and he's he's now the head man. At I mean, he's, yeah, he's over at WB, so you know, Warner Brothers yeah. doing DC stuff. So it's not like that. He's, that's going to be that is the. <laughs> Another tangent for another time, but Disney planted their a seed, possibly of their own undoing, when they did yeah. that. Um, maybe not total undoing, but could be one of the things that takes them down a little quicker than it could have, yeah. you know, like should have anyway. Because <laughs> uh, they've had a couple of not bad uh, visionaries at the helm of the DC. It's not like for lack of talent 
you know, they, they had hired and were planning to have uh, Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck in the fold in the, in those head roles. But you know, man, did they fuck that up? And yeah. part of it was Warner brothers fault. And you know, and then, on, and on the other hand, it was none of their fault at all. So because of people involved in their personal lives, uh, putting things on a different course, I guess you could say all together. And now they, there's a chance and with this Superman movie coming out that James Gunn is writing and directing. I mean, they're giving him Superman. Like they're not yeah. even giving him the suicide squad to kind of fart around. Suicide squad was just probably like their audition. Like, let's see what you do with suicide squad. We think there's some juice in it, but you know, people really kind of hate on that movie and it, we did okay with it, but let's see what he does. Cause he's so good at the guardians and just fucking nailed it. I love that movie. <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite superhero movie, but it's really good. Oh yeah. And like now here's Superman and you know, like they've given uh, Zack Snyder Superman and I thought his Superman was pretty good. Uh, little, little moody, too moody at points, but he was setting something up. He had a vision. Anyways, let's get back to Guardians. <laughs> uh, yeah, James Gunn just very good at taking what taking what's given to him and spinning it into a very compelling and enjoyable ride. I mean, I consider the Guardians trilogy of roller coaster. Oh yeah, it's just a roller coaster that instantly is exciting from Quill's introduction uh, in the first Guardians movie. And just sort of that, it, it never goes, it goes down, but only to pick up momentum for something even more exciting. You know what I mean? Just like a roller coaster. Oh, absolutely. So the, I, I want to talk so much about Guardians 3. I know we're sort of coming up on time. Let's give ourselves like another five minutes and you, you make any sort of point and I'll jump in maybe. But, but as far as Guardians 3, since that was like your official topic. <clears throat> no, I mean, I, it, it really, I mean... Because it was one of those like I know we're not going to do a full episode on it. it it's one of those like yeah. if we if you know it would be one of those like okay, I've seen it now, you've seen it now. Let's yeah. like okay, let's we're not going to dissect it. We're not going to you know probably I I would say there's a good chance once it hits uh video that uh and we get a chance to really rewatch it and go through some stuff and kind of you know we can give it the full cinemaster treatment we give it the treatment. full cinemaster treatment yeah. do like all right here's a guardians 3 episode that we could do a couple right. hours on um but yeah i was like okay <clears throat> you know just kind of like okay there's so much here but it's i mean like and i mean every everybody that i've you know i've seen some people that want to be critical of it and you know it's it's one of those like it's not a perfect movie by any means but i yeah. think really if you if you are a fan of guardians of the galaxy and you've enjoyed the world that he's built. Right. Uh, there, I, I've, I think you really hit the nail on the head. There are not a lot of trilogies I have seen where it's like you get a solid first. I mean, the introductory was great. You know, volume two was, I mean, really, I mean, just a fun and powerful and moving film all around. And then mm -hmm. the, to come to bring everything to a close in the way that they did throughout uh. this film. I mean, to introduce the conflict i mean you know do you have <clears throat> adam warlock join you know in the mix and have the high evolutionary as a villain and all of the things here and you know to bring all of the storylines to the points where they did at the conclusion i was like okay i mean this is somebody that i mean has knows how to 
really i mean because by this point it's like you have a lot of really complex characters mm. with big thoughts big feelings big emotions big stories you know and big decisions of wh where they're going what they're doing and how it's going to impact things and it's like there's such set there's you know you have moments of of sadness moments of uh uh, of uh, of all kinds of different emotions throughout the movies. It was one of the things when like, when I, Rocket realizes that all three of his friends were killed in front oh of him. Oh my gosh! And he lets like that guttural kind of, you know, uh, just bawling tears just un just can't stop. Like I did my best, you know. It golly man for a for a CG raccoon on screen. I mean, I was feeling that. And, well, and when he and did then, what he did to the high evolutionary, and then you have that kind of gross reveal at the end, it feels like warranted. You're like, yeah, you deserved that. Was, that. that well, that and I, that was that was one of the moments, and I think to James Gunn's credit, as like in that moment to know to to like and just you know in writing it, in filming it, in editing it, and putting it all together, and having this moment, and in your head you're knowing, okay, everybody in the audience is going to be sitting there just in this moment with rocket completely devastated <laughs> yeah. yeah and then you have the high evolutionary who's already you know in this you know this d drunken funk you know in oh, the, yeah in, and he comes in and then he starts mocking. rage of jealousy he just oh, cannot yeah, he's, he's jealous he's mocking of rocket, rocket in, yeah. in this sadness you're like okay you've taken the guy that we all knew was the bad guy anyways so you really made us all hate oh, him at the right. And it was yes. like, okay, this he was I mean, great. This, he was a, one of the better oh. villains in the uh, Marvel MCU, I think. And, I, and it I'm, was, I'm, I'm, I can't. He was also in Peacemaker. That's yeah. where I remember him from. But yep. it's like Chuck Woody Awuji. Yeah. Oh, I'm he was sorry. great. <laughs> he was yeah, phenomenal. I, he was so good. It's, it was. It's and and they didn't. And they didn't kill him off. They learned their lesson. Like another yeah. villain, they could potentially return. He could come back. Um, I'm so, and that's the other thing too. One of the final things that I wanted to point that I wanted to make was because of James Gunn's writing and character building and love and attention and every moment of every movie that he did, I had more fun speculating the outcome of this movie from a Marvel movie or any movie in such a long time. Because so many things seemed plausible to me that could happen, yeah. And I think he let us, he let us, he showed us what he wanted us to to see in the trailers, because to prepare us, like, okay, here's the framework of the movie. You guys got that right, and then you go ahead and you make your your predictions. And you know, like in all of my predictions, one guardian dies, and yeah. I basically knew who wasn't going to die, and I would make my little. You know, I would pitch my ideas and to me, very well thought out in my head, but we didn't get any of those. Um, I'm so happy that Drax gets to live and be a father to all of those orphaned kids. Oh, my God. That's like the perfect ending for Drax. Yeah, he would love to see his wife and kid again, but uh, we don't even know if that's a thing that happens with him. And like, does he believe in, you know, in heaven and being re reunited with his right. I mean, it's sort of implied with rocket. Um, but I don't know, but he seemed pretty damn happy being with, I mean, he was sad that mantis took off, but I didn't want to see them hook up anyway, just because I knew yeah. how much he loved his wife. And, yeah. kid, and that would have been too, that would have been an, just an unthinkable thing for him to fall in love with mantis who herself is very childlike and innocent. Um, 
But I, I had so much fun, and I was very pleased with the outcome. I love seeing Peter go back home again. It's not even anything I considered. So, I mean, and I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but, I mean, that was like, I'm mad that I didn't think about that, that his, you know, I didn't think he was going to die, but I, I kind of just saw him going off with Gamora. Like, I was convinced that by the end of the movie, he and Gamora would rekindle, and I was close, you know? <laughs> And I, <clears throat> I like you saw and, the spark, but she wasn't fully yeah. all the way back. And and I, I like because I mean, that was like there were so many things where I think he he anticipated what we wanted or what we were going to think of or what we we're going. Yeah. And he's like, OK, yeah. I, I get that. And I'll let you kind of have that. But I was yeah. like, but, th- but this is the way that it's. And I, I mean, it was it was really just it came together so, so well at the end i mean it really was every character had a very meaningful emotional arc uh literally just like all of them they all had their little arcs uh karen gillen's arc is incredible oh yeah you know (laughs) from where where she starts to where she ends yeah amazing arc you know and then other characters kind of have their arcs in and out i love the whole yondu arc so yeah with peter I mean, you, you see that unfolding in the first one, but then in the second one, oh man, do they just for does he not just slam the hell out of that ball on that lob, on that alley oop from the first movie? So perfectly well, and, executed. And even what he was, what Yandu was to Rocket in helping Rocket kind of realize, you know, his own yeah insecurities. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the way that all of these people impacted and made. You know, they made each other better by being together. It's like, yeah, that's not one of those messages that we see a lot. Even with, you know, it's like, okay, you know, you get the good guys win, the bad guys lose, and everybody gets that happy. But like with the Guardians, it really was like everybody was made better because they were in relationship with each other. They all yeah. pushed each other to be better. Ver- Even with Gamora at the end, <clears throat> realizing she's an alternate version of the Gamora. Is like okay, we're not going to pigeonhole her into. We're not just going to recreate what we had. But I was like, at the end, when you have this Quill and, and Gamora moment, you're like, okay, there's mm. something there, but it's different, yeah. and it's it works. But she's off with the Ravagers, and she's who she's with who she and belongs with. That's her the, family right now. That's her family now because we don't think we're going to get. <clears throat> we're not going to get any more of these movies. I really don't think there. I cannot see a possibility of, unless they do some sort of Disney like DCEU uh, crossover yeah, type cross- thing. I don't. Yeah. I can't ever see like James Gunn lending his creative eye to the Guardians the way it was. I yeah. think I think Disney could probably find somebody who can emulate that, probably pretty decently because they did kind of leave us with a team at the yeah. end, you know. We do have a team still. There is still a Guardians. Um, just some, and, and then with the, like teasing of bringing uh, Quill back, really leaves the door open. It's smart, you know. Yeah. Even if there's just a five percent chance that actually happens, it's still out there. It's out there. It could happen. And Chris Pratt, you know, you talked about the the junkets and stuff. One of the ones that I saw with him was uh, they asked him. Does he does he want to work, you know, with the, you know, Disney more? And he was very much open to it. Uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, all they had to do is call me and we can talk. Yeah, <laughs> I would be very OK with this. So whatever, whatever, you know, ill will some people think there may be towards Chris Pratt. I think within 
Disney at least, they're fine with him. You know? Yeah. And if and if they're not fine with him, Universal will be fine with him because he's yeah. you know made a lot of money with Jurassic World and yep. Mario. So you know they're more than happy to have him under a contract. I'm sure. He can make a few little stinkers here and there, and then you'll be okay. Little oopsies, yeah. nothing major. So, uh, and you know, m- marrying into a family that's very highly political is kind of an oopsie in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you think about it. But yeah. I guess we're at one minute, 13 seconds. That's a little bit longer than I would like us to do for each week. So let's just keep it consistent. And I think we both, I feel like, got what we wanted to say off yep. our chests. Very, too very, too high praise for Guardians 3. You know, yep, can't, can't praise it enough. I will say that it's very PG-13, even more so than the other Guardians. So, you know, if you're, if you listen to this whole thing and you're like, I'm definitely taking my kid, you know, like, eh, think about it. You know, yeah, there's, there's some language, but there's also like some pretty graphic uh, depictions of animal cruelty in the movie. Yeah. So if, if you don't want your little ones seeing that, then you probably should wait until they get a little bit older show them yep. the third chapter of the guardians and you know they'll be i mean that's not it's not terrible it's not terrible but it is a bit much more than we're used to with marvel movies especially yeah. and i know i've read people are, have tried to take disney a task over that but it is rated pg-13 so you know figure out what that means before you go take your kid to see a movie all right um well we're not we're not teasing anymore like with what we do in future nope. episodes we're done with that no post credits in here no post credit scene for us just just a tangent is promised and you got some you got some definite tangents in this episode very juicy very delicious ripe ready to eat I've been many host Ryan's. he's been my co-host Adam Peterson we'll see you next time